Welcome, everybody. This is Hunter Boyle, the Content Director for Marketing Experiments. Thanks for joining us today. Our web clinic topic this afternoon is Live Optimization, Boost Your PPC Campaign Conversions. Uh, as you know, if you've been on some of these clinics with us before, we take uh, some pages and some ads from our audience. Some of you who have signed up, you'll find your pages and your ads being discussed here today with some of the principles that we'll be looking at. We try and make all of our clinics very interactive, so we're going to ask you to use your Q&A feature while we review some of the ads and some of the landing pages that were submitted. And we've got a very big presentation with a lot of ideas here today, so we're going to get right into it and look at what we're going to cover today, and hopefully we can try and squeeze all of this in here. The problem with PPC that a lot of marketers have, of course, uh, tighter budgets, increased pressure for getting as much ROI out of your campaigns as possible. A lot of you uh, are probably feeling even more pressure now from your CEOs and CMOs to get results from your PPC campaigns, uh, but at the same time, you don't have a whole lot of leeway to increase the budget. What we're going to cover today is ways that you can uh, adapt your ads and your landing pages so that you can get much stronger results even without increasing your ad spend. And actually, in many cases, you can reduce the cost. You've probably seen one of our previous case studies uh, with the University of New England that increased response uh, by about 300% in terms of conversion rate and actually reduced the cost per conversion by 69%. Uh, these are the same principles that we're going to cover today that help that campaign. And what we're going to do is look at how you can do this with your own campaigns by reviewing a recent PPC experiment. We're going to outline five key ways to improve your campaigns. And then what we're going to do is apply these research-based ideas right to the campaigns that you submitted. We have a lot of our team on the line today, uh, Aaron Rosenthal, Jimmy Ellis, our directors of channels and optimization, uh, respectively, and our featured analyst today is Corey Trent. Corey is going to walk through the first experiment, and then he's going to get right into the five keys. So, Corey, why don't you take it away? Sure. Um, we're going to first review a PPC experiment that we recently conducted with a partner of mine who specializes in online faxing solutions. Um, our goal was to increase registrations to a free 30-day trial. Um, and really, what our question on the page is going to be what PPC landing page will result in the most conversions. And how we really approached this project um, was in looking at the page, we felt like there could be some changes um, and layout, headlines, some credibility indicators on the page, and also um, just overall feel of the page um, we felt could really lend itself to increasing um, conversion. So this was set up as a variable cluster test, which we um, split the traffic evenly between um, both the page. Um, and an important thing to note, um, one of the constraints that we had on this test was we could not alter the PPC um, ad copy. So it was purely looking at the PPC ad copy as it is, um, and then addressing the landing page with our optimization strategy. So you can see here the ad that we had to work with, which is highlighted in orange. Um, and then you can also visualize how the test was set up between the 50-50 split. Um, and both pages went to the same free trial registration um, funnel. 
Um, so this is going to uh, this is the control page that we had to work with. Um, and again, this is going to be the same ad for both the pages. We'll take a moment to look at that quickly. Some of the things that we noticed on this page um, was really that there is no price listed in the PPC ad. In fact, if you look at the destination URL, one of the folder names is actually free trial. Um, being that as it may, when you arrive at the landing page, one of the most outstanding graphical features on it is actually this huge notation of $10 a month. Uh, so we felt that there was a severe disconnect there. Um, also in the way of layouts, um, you'll see that there's a main content portion with a stock photo, but once you get beyond there, we have basically four equally weighted portions of the website, all having drastically different content, but not really giving a user a specific path to follow or really having a tight control over what they see. Um, so this is the treatment that we developed in our first round of testing. Um, as you'll see, we developed a little bit longer of a headline, but wanted to clarify some of um, the issues and also point more specifically to some of the copy in the direct ad. So you'll see that we're connecting with the 800 toll-free numbers. Um, we also mentioned the free trial, which is in the destination URL. Um, and we also mentioned that there's no contract with this free trial. Um, as we are moving and free trials becoming more prevalent on the Internet, and we find that sometimes it's great to have qualifiers if um, you have the opportunity to have um, set items of not having a contract on your trial options. Um, we also wanted to clear up the call to action um, and reduce some of the competing elements. So, and it's much clearer in the copy that we have. Start your free trial. It's a little bit larger, um, and it also aligns with the value proposition which we're introducing. Um, also, what you'll notice is the movement of the credibility indicator or the award that this product received in the main content. We got rid of the stock photo because we felt the testimonial and the award um, benefited that section more greatly than just the image, and we felt that that was going to aid in conversion. Um, and overall, looking at the page, it has a much cleaner eye path um, and follows just a much clear and easy to understand um, format. Again, this is our first round of testing. Um, moving forward, we probably try to limit even the tiled layout even further, but again, this is the first round of testing. So in looking at the two pages and using your Q&A function, go ahead and tell us which version you guys, which, which one would perform better. Um, and if you want to take a good guess at the jelly beans, go ahead and maybe indicate a percentage you think which one would perform over the other. All right, so in looking at these two pages, here are the results. Um, the treatment outperformed the control by a 40.7% relative difference. What's also interesting to note that's not in this table is this conversion rate is not calculated on click-throughs. It's actual conversions of the free trial process. Um, so how this page and process was set up is once a user would click that Start Your Free Trial button, they were then entered into a multi-step funnel to complete their free trial registration. So this conversion rate is actually hard counts of free trials um, that were completed. Um, so what was interesting is not only did the treatment perform better on a click-through aspect, I believe we were able to obtain, I want to say, a 15 to 17% click-through rate increase, but also people, once they entered into the funnel, stayed there, and obviously converted better. Um, so for the key points, for the optimal results, um, make sure that your expression, your value proposition on the landing page, your language, your image, your offer, all is really relevant for the channel. 
Um, and I'm going to go ahead and turn it back over to Hunter. I want to mention that a lot of the Q&A that came in, uh, I have to say I'm very impressed here. A lot of people pretty much nailed it. Uh, maybe we didn't, maybe it was Corey's jelly bean comment, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but a lot of people have picked the treatment there to win. Uh, the 40% gain I think is uh, important to keep in mind with regard to what was changed on the pages. And as Corey mentioned, just skipping back really quickly, when you look at what happened here to the page, it wasn't what we sometimes do with a radical redesign test. It, it was a variable cluster, of course, and there were several elements that changed. But if you look at it, I think that you can see uh, that a lot of the pages that you're dealing with could make similar changes, um, you know, without too much heavy lifting and try and achieve some of these same types of gains even without changing the ad. And as Corey mentioned, with some uh, results a little further in the funnel as well, there are more things to be gained from trying these types of experiments and focusing on some of these areas. Uh, as Corey pointed out there, the expression of the value proposition with the landing page and its relevance to the channel is one that we've talked about before. And we're going to move up to just one quick research snapshot before we move into those five keys that Corey is going to cover. And if you look at this survey here, which was from the uh, Marketing Sherpa 09010 Search Marketing Benchmark Guide, you can see that the majority of marketers uh, all agree as far as optimizing post-click conversion, this is not only the most effective way to combat rising keyword prices, but at the same time what that's going to do is give you the strongest ROI. And, you know, the way to do that really is to have your ads setting the right expectations in the searcher's mind and then having the landing page follow through, meet those expectations, have that relevance, provide what people are looking for, and really try and pull them into the funnel, whether it's a lead or a sale. Uh, we did a little bit more on that side with relevance in our research brief on optimizing PPC on August 08. So if you want to look for our site on that, you can find some more information there. And we're going to move ahead into these five ways to improve your PPC results. What we're going to do is look at these keys. Corey is going to go over some real ads that were submitted by our audience members. And then we will talk about those five points and shift over to looking at the landing pages and how they apply. So those five keys here that Corey is going to run through are keyword insertion, differentiation, destination URLs, the value proposition, and then, of course, setting expectations and following through with your page. So let's go ahead and start with keyword insertion. Um, this is one tool of PPC that's getting used more and more, so you'll find the prevalency out there is getting higher. However, we've still seen that some people are lagging behind, so your competitors that possibly could be lagging behind, you can definitely take advantage of. Um, the seemingly small tool, but we've seen great impacts on conversion. Um, and to echo what Dr. McLaughlin says on many of the clinics, that really specificity converts, and this is, I would say, an extension of that um, in your ads, and continuing the marketing communication, not only in your ad, but really sometimes the last touch that you're going to have with these people and showing them where they're actually going. Um, so keyword insertion, just as it sounds, is inserting keywords within your ad, and that can occur in multiple places, whether it be headline, your destination URLs, within your ad copy, all those types of places um, can the insertion occur. And really why we 
why we find that that's important is any instances of the search keyword that the user has initiated will appear in bold in the results. Um, so that's one way where you can really stand out um, and really communicate to the user, I know what you just searched, I have what you're looking for. In fact, my communication message to you is mirroring back what you're looking for, whether it be a product, information, things of that nature. Um, so again, in looking at our ad, it really matches the user's search term, and they find a high relevance to what they're looking for and the information that you're providing. Um, and as you'll see here, this is a um, key term which we'll be also covering with one of our live um, optimizations, cutting IT, uh, cut IT costs. Um, so where you see the orange lines, you can see where the insertion on some of these ads have occurred, or they have a um, an actual keyword within their headlines or things of that nature. Um, and actually you see two different um, insertions going on, one being in the headlines, but also in our last infotech.com, they're actually doing some IT or a keyword insertion in the di destination URL as well. So multiple examples of ways that you can um, include keyword insertion on some of your PPC ads. Um, differentiation. I've I find that this is becoming also more and more important as where people are taking more advantage of online avenues to sell products or do communication with users. Um, and here is one example of a uh, user-submitted uh, search terms that we're going to be going over later on. But as you can see, for different key terms, they're actually running um, different ads. And in fact, some are quite wildly different even though the actual search term is quite close. Um, so we can look at differentiation not only on the level of for different keywords you need to have different ads, but also in looking at what does your competitive landscape look like on the way of PPC. Um, and what we mean by that is many times if you search certain key terms out there, you'll find that really over and over again you're seeing basically the same ads with a few things changed here or there. And what where the problem lies with that is many times if a competitor uh, or someone else is appearing above you um, in the results and their message is very similar to yours, if that message doesn't fit the user and what they're looking for, by yours appearing the same way or having a general, generally same message, users will discount your message as well because they kind of bucket you two together. So we're finding it's more and more important to make sure that you appear differently than your competitors that are out there. Um, uh, and using when you do appear differently, one way to do that is obviously using quantitative statements, which is something that we um, echo quite frequently on our webinars here. Um, but using statements that differentiate you from your competitors, so not only in the way of appearance by maybe using keyword insertion or things of that nature, but making you stand out by using statements such as, you know, maybe 30,000 businesses use us every day, or we were reviewed by custom consumer reports and rank number one, things of that nature to really make you stand out really from the rest of the field. Uh, moving on to destination URL, we got an, an example here of lifetime storage shed as the search term. Um, and we've kind of talked about this already, but uh, we wanted to, we felt that this deserved its own, um, its own separate section because it's something that's very uh, left out in the PPC world. And using destination URLs, again, as a continuation of the marketing uh, message and really test uh, destination URLs 
really can connect well with the search criteria. And in, again, in many instances, this is going to be the last touch that people are going to have before clicking on your ad and really reading the offering that you have in comparison to what they're searching for. Um, again, it, it's going to really reassure the searcher that the page that they're going to be sent to is relevant to their search. Because, I mean, honestly, how many of us have searched for something uh, on a search engine, clicked on a PPC ad, and what we expect and what we get delivered to are two totally separate things. And so this is a way of, again, reassuring the user that where they're going is where they're intending to go um, and just reassuring them on that aspect. We also have some examples here of two different ways you can use destination URLs. Um, one is creating key terms and your folder names, which Competitive Edge Products, the second ad, has done. Or you can also do it with subdomains as well, which we've actually seen some really good results on that, especially if you can match the key terms or making something, if your product's geo-targeted, creating subdomains for specific states, things of that nature. We've seen some really good conversion increases on something that seems so small but can have huge impacts on conversions. Uh -huh. Value proposition and your ad copy, something that, a term that we're all really familiar with, uh, but something that sometimes gets left out in our PPC. We harp so heavily on what's our value proposition of our website and what's our value proposition of our landing page. But that messaging and people believing in our products and what we have to offer starts at that first touch. Um, so it makes sense to introduce that value proposition aspect in our PPC as well. Um, so making sure that you're expressing that unique value proposition in your ads, really to increase the lead quality and the right promise, you know, the one that you're going to instantly fulfill on the landing page. We have an example here of California real estate license as a search term. Again, this is going to be a, an ad in a page we're going to be reviewing later on. But you can see that their value proposition that they're commuting is their California's only accredited RA stands for real estate school, and they have the highest pass rate on the state exam. Um, so for them, we want to make sure that when we communicate value propositions that we're using specific and quantitative quantitative statements, really instead of using vague. So as we mentioned in the past, using something like over, and even when we're looking at 50,000, what I would do also is make that even more specific. So 51,383 businesses rely on us every day, instead of something like industry leader or best in our class, things of that nature where really, to be honest, anyone can claim those terms, um, really making it personal and quantifying our statements. Um, also, something interesting to note as a quick sidetrack, if you look at our example here, you'll see that realestatelicense.com is using California's only accredited real estate school uh, as part of their value proposition. But if you actually look above them, their competitor is claiming the same exact thing. So even if you're communicating your value proposition um, and it's a strong point, make sure that you're still differentiating yourself and not leaving that aspect out. And I want to communicate that as well as, we're covering five aspects of PPC strategy, but they're not interdependent. Or, uh, they're not, think of them separately, they're all connected. And to think of them together as a unit and creating really an optimized PPC strategy. So for real estate license, they might need to slightly tweak that value proposition because, again, it's kind of coming in conflict with, uh, with what other people are stating out there. Um, and to be quite honest, as a user, you're probably going to err on the side of thinking they're not being honest than the other person claiming that they are licensed as well. Because you're coming out there with the statement, 
we are the only accredited, and someone else is really just saying, you know, we're accredited as well. So watch your value propositions as well to what the competitive landscape is looking like. Um, the last one we're going to cover is setting expectations. And i got to say, if I were to assess some of the top PPC um, aspects that people need to pay attention to, this is one of them. Um, and as I mentioned as an example earlier on, how many of us have searched using paid search and searching for a term and clicking on an ad, and we get delivered to a page that doesn't meet anything what we're expecting? Um, we got an uh, example here of a search term isolator, um, which will tie into one of our, again, live optimizations later on. But some of these people are setting some pretty high expectations of things that people are expecting. So, for example, some people are talking about the compliance of their products, their number one for delivery, some of the effective ranges that this tool works in. If you are using specific messages like that, you better do your best to immediately connect to that on your page because, again, you are essentially setting a criteria for people to come in and what they're expecting. And if you are very vague in your page, then they're just going to come right up. Again, you have to look at PPC differently than people that are going to react on your site because people coming to your landing page have already seen a list of possible alternatives and competitors. They're not going to have to go to Google, initiate a new search, and look for stuff. They've already done that, and they're checking out your page to make sure if it's going to maybe fit what I'm looking for. And if it doesn't right away, back button. I'm going to go and look what your competitors are offering because they've already offered me some possible solutions. Um, so when you're setting expectations on a landing page, make sure that you're following through and that your ad copy is going to be really relevant to your landing page content. Um, many ads out there are going to have really high click-throughs, but they're going to get poor conversions because, again, that landing page isn't going to deliver on the promise that the ad copy displayed to the user. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Hunter. Thank you. So Corey just covered a lot of information in a, a very quick time here. Uh, I just wanted to throw out to the audience, we're getting some Q&A here. Uh, I want to find out how you think we're doing with the pacing. Of course, we have a lot to cover, but it feels like we're doing pretty good. And I also wanted to let you know that we are uh, looking at all the Q&A that are coming through. We're going to try and save some to cover at the end if we can. If we can't, we do try and get to them on the Marketing Experiments blog and in some of the research briefs that we produce after these. A lot of people are telling me that the uh, pace is pretty good. Pace is pretty good so far. Great. So uh, excellent. Someone's asking where are the stories about gopher strings. I don't know what that means, but we'll get to that next time. If, uh, if you've been with us before, you know that this is the section where we take users' pages and we look at some ideas for how they could improve, how they could do different tests, what they could change. These are based on the marketing experiments conversion sequence, which we're going to look at in a second. And I just want to remind everyone, especially if you're new, that we do try and keep this very much interactive and use your comments. So feel free to uh, put some of your thoughts and ideas in the Q&A. We look in them all. We'll pull a couple, of out, a couple of them out while we look at some pages. And all this information gets to the people who have submitted these pages, people just like you. So it's very helpful. And we're going to use it all. And right now, I think we're just about ready to tee up the first page. This one was submitted by Melissa Brooks, SEM Specialist for InfoTech Research Group. 
the value proposition submitted was to cut IT costs. The target audience is IT managers, and some of the underperforming keywords or key phrase that Melissa sent us was IT cost cutting. So Corey's going to look at the ad and the page, and we're going to go over some of uh, some of the issues on the page there and get your thoughts. So before we show some of our thinking, why don't you just use the Q&A, look at the page, and tell us some things that you might change if it was your page, things you might test, issues that you see, and we will walk through some of our recommendations starting with Corey. Long submission form, reduced form length, no clear call to action, too busy, too busy, too much to fill out, bad title, too much content on the page. Great. Okay, great. Keep them coming. Corey? Sure. Uh, a lot of the good points are already being pointed out, um, so you guys are a very educated audience. Um, some of the, the key things that I noticed <clears throat> excuse me, is really giving a clear path to the user on once I land on this page, where should I be going? We got a two-column layout here with a bunch, a bunch of copy on our left side, and then we have this very, very long um, form capture, which a lot of our users are pointing out. Um, so from a page standpoint, we're not doing a very good job of really controlling what is the user going to see before we're going to ask them for information. We've qualified them in the ad of offering free tools and reports to really help saving IT money that's being spent right now. Um, so we lead with a fairly decent headline, but then it gets kind of painful with this really small font and really not enticing to read, and my eyes are going to be automatically drawn to this very clear and outstanding form for all these fields that I'm going to have to um, fill out. And before I see that, I haven't been um, talked about what's the value of these products, which we have um, as some of our later on points, but really we need to really assess and promote the value of the free tools and reports before we're starting to ask um, information from the users or really allowing them to see such a long form. Now, having covered promoting the value of the free tools, we don't really do that on this page. A, there's not a clear indication of what are some of the five free tools and what's, the, what's their real worth. You know, I really have to dig through this content to really find what I'm going to get. And even if I do that, I don't really get any indications of this report on average saves people 30% or 34% on their IT bills or this um, this report is going to be $79 if you were one of our plank clients. Something of that nature to where you're really showing, um, tipping that scale that we've shown in our conversion sequence, what's really the incentive for what you're demanding me to give? Um, so to wrap this up, again, I would extremely address the layout of the page. We have to control really getting people to buy in that these tools are going to be worth the information that I'm going to give. And lastly, this is way too much information for what you're giving people. It's, a, it's way too many forms to collect in this um, setting, so I would look to possibly collecting this on a second step and really um, evaluating from my standpoint what's going to be necessary for me um, to start this communication message with these people and eventually get the, all the information that I want. I don't believe this is going to be the proper place, um, so we need to really assess um, all those aspects. All right, great. Thank you, Corey. So uh, Melissa Brooks, who submitted that page, hopefully if you're with us, uh, those ideas um, have given you something to consider for testing and 
and for possible changes for the page. Again, we've got a lot of Q&A coming through, so we'll collect these and make sure that we uh, send these over to everyone who submitted these pages. The next one that Corey's going to run through right now is ready to cover. This was submitted by Ryan Masters of Squeeze Juice Marketing, as you can see. Uh, the value proposition, sturdy custom vanity table available in any size you need to fit your room. Target audience, women 35 to 55 who are looking for a vanity table. Very specific audience and demographic there. And the underperforming keywords, as you can see, vanity dressing tables, skirted vanity, uh, vanity tables, vintage vanity tables. You might recall earlier we looked at some of the keywords in the differentiation section, uh, and one thing that Ready to Cover was doing well was using different ad copy for uh, those different pages. So they're off to a pretty good start by splitting them out that way. But what we're going to look at now is another one of the ads and the page itself that they submitted. And Corey is going to take a look over that. We're going to take your Q&A as well as you send them in. So what you, uh, what you think you might change about that page, what you might test, what you might suggest to do differently, send those in to us. And Corey is going to run through some of the test ideas and optimization suggestions for this page. Sure. Um, and, and looking at this in this page and how we're setting up the user and the ad, there's simply too many choices and really no clear call to action or really goal of the page. You've set the user and saying, we have dressing tables made for you. We've got wood dressing tables ready to skirt. You come to this page. They lead with a pretty decent headline, vanity tables made for you. But then we have all these options of things that are really supplementary to the main offer in which we're getting people into the page. So we even have options like vanity table, romantic photos and blogs, things of that nature, which really aren't um, so much part of the main offer in which people are arriving at this page. So number one thing I would test would be somehow addressing all these things shouting for your attention really within equal space, equal images, things of that nature, either having a supplemental section, um, some other links that you might find helpful, upsells later on, and the checkout process, things of that nature are all things in which you can kind of uh, address the, that problem. And also, the, the real focus should be on the value proposition and really letting the supplemental messages, such as like decorating ideas, things of that nature, again, be supplementary to the point of the page and getting people to connect really with the motivation of why they're here at this page um, to begin with. And a, a, an interesting test would be um, to also perhaps create a configurator or a custom uh, dressing vanity table directly on this page um, so we connect really that this is going to be a vanity table that's made specifically for you. They, they saw, they're somewhat address that in there. Um, first, I'll call it the copy tile where it talks about build your custom skirted vanity table, and they, they give you some options, but that's not really personal or built for me or um, things that's really going to fit my application. I really have to kind of shoehorn myself into the options that you give me. So one way to make people feel like you're really taking a personal step with them would be, again, to maybe create a configurator where you talk about your dimensions, things of that nature, um, and or having a step process, three easy ways to connect um, and build your vanity table for you. Things of that nature might really go a long way in getting better conversion on this page and, again, keeping people focused on the issue at hand. 
Corey, that's great. I want to just point out a couple things that the audience is sending in, uh, in the Q&A before we move on. There's some good suggestions coming in here. Jennifer uh, Talibi, I guess, use landing pages for specific pages instead of this general page. So maybe one idea is to break that up. Another one uh, from Jerry Bush, uh, suggest you mini minimize the navigation menu. That's also pretty important. There are a lot of options there. A lot of people, and sorry if I butchered your names, by the way, uh, but a lot of people also mentioned uh, some of those same uh, ideas here. You know, there's, there's no clear call to action. The iPath is all very scattered. Uh, so, Ryan, um, if you are able to make some of those changes on the page uh, and see what those kinds of tests might do for you, those seem to be ones that a lot of people uh, ourselves here on our team, as well as a lot of people in the audience, are suggesting. So those um, those ideas you might be able to use. Oh, there's Ryan right now. Thank you. Well, great. You're absolutely welcome. Let us know how those tests work out. We are going to move on to our next uh, landing page now. This was submitted by Sean Peterson, website analyst and SEO with Competitive Edge Products. Uh, value proposition Sean submitted was free shipping. Um, I want to take just one quick second to go on a side tour here and, and mention that we've done a lot about value proposition because it's such a confusing aspect, not just for ads and for pages, but just for businesses, products, and offers in general. Uh, on our site, one of our free tools, the value proposition worksheet, can really help you to develop and refine uh, and express your value proposition. It's going to be very helpful if you're using tests on your page that are focused on the value prop. So um, please take a look at that. You know, we'll try and send that out with the brief that goes out after this, but you can find it with the toolkit on our site. So that said, back to the target audience here, homeowners looking for a shed and underperforming keywords, lifetime storage sheds. We're going to look quickly at the page and the ad and invite you to send in some more Q&A for these. And while we're looking at some of those coming through, we are going to uh, just shout out a couple of these and give Corey a minute to get going. Uh, quick question, looks like an infomercial. <laughs> too many choices, way too much content, uh, too much text to read before I see the products. Dave, uh, wow, way too much intro text. Thomas, uh, a lot of people are very much saying there's just way too much happening on the page here. So... Um, you know, Sean, if you're, uh, if you're getting this, uh, these are some of the comments we're getting. Corey's going to give you some other ones. Go ahead, Corey. Cool. Um, I would definitely echo first impressions on the page when we get here, tons of information before actually getting into the offerings. Only time I would really give this much space probably to a product would be if it's something that's so unique that it lends itself to explaining, but really in this instance that's not the case. Um, so in looking at the page, other than the copy and the loud header that's really shouting at you with the colors, the biggest missing item to me is a strong value proposition um, that's really not communicated in the ad or the landing page. Um, free shipping, I think, is somewhat of a weak value proposition, but still can be strong, especially in this arena. reason I say that is one of the big concerns that we notice that users have in doing e-commerce transactions, especially with large items, is shipping. Um, for example, they might think, you know, if I buy this online, I might be able to save $50 as opposed to going down to Lowe's and buying it. 
but is it going to cost me $300 to ship this to my house to where the savings, again, becomes really a hindrance to um, the process? So having that um, great differentiating item of offering free shipping and going ahead and addressing that anxiety coming into the process is a great tool to have in your set, and we're not really using it. Um, and so it's not communicated, again, in any part of the ad or really any of the listings on this page. There's a small portion, if you see in the header, the second blue line, it talks about free shipping. But to be honest, when I landed this page, this header and color and the design that we have on the logo is so bordering on obnoxious that I don't want to read all that stuff. It's such a stark contrast between the fonts and everything that's going on, I'm probably more than likely not going to observe the small free shipping that's going to be um, in that header portion. So um, some of the items that we can use to address that is having that, again, where the page lands, um, introducing free shipping now from Competitive Edge products on our sheds that we're listing here, um, or having a notation where the products are listed, maybe having a small shipping box saying this item qualifies for free shipping, something of that nature. Again, I would also mention that in the ad as well, um, and maybe also including that in the uh, display URL, which he's also doing a, a good job of sh showing keywords in his display URL, but that's also a good place where we can mention free shipping as well, or again in the ad copy. Um, also some opportunities on the page is we talk about durable and cost-effective plastic sheds in our ad. We'll then also mention more about the products, whether that be within the, again, the listings of the e-commerce section or the small intro copy point, talking about what's the warranty on the products or what's the um, guarantee of how long this is going to last. You know, is a shed going to be, you know, survive the nuclear winter far fast, I'm gone, so this is going to be something I'm going to have forever, something of that nature to where, again, we're connecting with the message that got people here in the first place. Because, I mean, if we really look at it, really from a common sense standpoint, something in the ad triggered something in someone's mind that this is a possible solution to what I'm looking for. So it doesn't make sense that when we take people onto our process that we don't mention that stuff anymore. That really got people to get to our process. For them to arrive and see that message and for us to not connect we're doing ourselves a disservice and really shooting ourselves in the foot from the get-go. Um, so that is it for Competitive Edge. So Penner wants to into the next one. Actually, I just want to back up real quickly. Uh, there's one comment that came through uh, that I think is worth noting. Uh, someone, uh, Roger, I believe, uh, too much content helps with SEO. Uh, it's not a bad idea. Actually, Roger suggested he needs a category landing page, more like a storefront. Uh, but I think it's an important point to talk a little bit about the difference between SEO uh, and your paid search pages and how you're going to apply those. Corey listed the five keys and the features there. And one thing to keep in mind is to really be careful about how you see your, uh, your paid click pages as part of your SEO. While having a lot of content may certainly be good for SEO, uh, some of those things that you still need to remember, like iPath, like value proposition, and what you're doing beyond just having the content on there, how you shape it, how you make it actionable, how you make it a funnel, uh, those are things that are really important to remember. And in a lot of cases, it's probably best to think about your SEO from your PPC a little bit separately because of the different user intentions. And 
Some of this goes back to what we talked about with motivation and the conversion sequence. And, you know, obviously we can't get uh, too deeply into that here, but I thought it was an interesting point to mention. Um, so, Roger, thanks very much for submitting that as far as SEO and PPC. Uh, it's a good thing to keep, uh, uh, keep in mind. And we're going to look at the next page now. Uh, let me touch really quickly, actually, on what Robert uh, Roger said. That is a very good point, especially in looking at um, how some of these engines are going to perceive the relevancy of these pages, things of that nature. Sometimes content is very important, especially to outrank some of your competitors that because of their domain name or their account history with Google are going to outrank you on some things. And you need to rely on some content on the page to really get your relevancy up and rank higher. My caveat to that is look to where... Uh, you're displaying that content and how, like what Hunter said, um, and how much is that impeding on the process of the goal of the page? Could you display this text in a different location, still carry on your SEO effects of, you know, bolding your copy, doing insight linking, things of that nature, but being mindful of where you're displaying that content? And is our concern with SEO getting in the way of really serving the user and fulfilling their need? Um, it's always a balancing act that we have to have and really the nature of the beast that we work in day to day. But that is a good point, Roger, that you brought up. Thank you, Corey. Nailed it. Our fourth page here, uh, and thanks again to Sean Peterson for submitting that. Uh, we hope those are helpful. Uh, Allied Schools, value proposition, 100% money back promise, uh, sort of along the lines of free shipping, as Corey mentioned. This may not be the ideal value prop, but Target audience, people interested in obtaining a California real estate license. Uh, this was submitted by another Sean, Sean Lay of Allied Schools. Thank you, Sean. And the underperforming keywords that Sean sent were California real estate license. So, Corey, take it away. All right. Um, and really looking at this page, um, keep in mind when we talked about value proposition, um, one of the, the identified value propositions that Allied Schools offers is actually 110 money back guarantee. And to take that a little bit step further, if you don't pass the test, uh, which is what the goal of this site is, is to get you to pass the California real estate license um, test, which to me, that is a great um, differentiator, especially for this product, and also looking at their competitors, not really offering something that's similar. And if you look at the page, the, the promise is way shoehorned in the corner um, on the right-hand side and really not in a direct path of where people are going to make the conversion decision um, or really a part of the main content of the site. It's kind of um, this weird layout on the three-column layout design um, that doesn't really flow very well with the site, and I would question how many people just skip over that, see some of the main points, and then get into the form, um, which could serve to really up conversions on people buying into this product and that it fits their purpose. Um, and, again, going back to their value proposition, that's not something that's communicated well in their ad as well as this money-back guarantee. That might be something that's going to be hard to communicate in such little words that you're given um, in your ad, but still worth something testing to see uh, if that's going to really have an effect on conversion. Um, on this page, the, the header is really my main concern with understanding really the key points of what's great about this product. Um, we have these fonts that blend weirdly with the background images. It's just really hard to read and probably about you know, a couple points into it, you're already starting to look around the page. 
Um, so I, I definitely address the header aspects of this page. Again, reintroduce your value proposition. Talk about your school. You have mentioned in your ad that you have the highest pass rate on the state exam. However, when you start to look at these main content points, the first mark, we have high pass rate as one of the bullets. Well, now we've gone from highest pass rate on the state exam to now a high pass rate. So as the process goes on, I feel like the message is getting whittled down. Um, if, we, if we have the highest pass rate on the state exam, how about let's quantify that? If we know we have the highest, again, what's, what's the average state pass? What's ours? What's that difference? Um, and, and I think that there's a severe disconnect on that and really um, not taking advantage of the opportunity of what I'm concentrating on is I want a program that works and is um, it really what's going to work for me. And if you are promising me that we're going to have the highest pass rate and if you don't pass, if you don't fall within that high percentage mark, we'll give you your money back and then some so we can do it all over again and get you passed. I don't really get that from this page. Also, a severe disconnect or something to watch on this page is going back to the ad, we've talked about the highest pass rate on the state exam, so we've set this psychological landscape of thinking, all right, we've got the highest pass rate on the state exam, I'm going to click and maybe see, you know, what that pass rate is, you know, is that going to be something that's going to be attainable to me? I land on this page, and the first thing uh, for many people that screams out to them is this 10%. So now we've set this this expectation of a high pass rate on a state exam, I come to this page and the first thing in big red letters is 10%. And I'm wondering how, what that does to users as they come to the page. Is that a, a great shock to them? Do they attribute that 10% as, is that the high pass rate on the state exam? Maybe I need to reassess going into this real estate thing altogether or maybe I need to look for another um, vendor, things of that nature. Um, so some of the important things um, on this page, again, looking at layout and having, again, that control of what are people saying as they flow through the document and before they get to the decision part of entering their information into this form, which might hinge on being long again. Uh, but, again, we need to look at layout and, again, having that precise control of what marketing communication and pieces are we communicating to people before we're desiring an action from them and having that control um, and not missing out on some of the great features that we can offer them um, as, a, as a company um, before they make that decision um, and possibly, again, uh, lowering our conversion rate when we have great elements on the page and just a layout change could significantly impact conversions as well. Um, and so other than layout, again, address this header action and make sure that our best points are getting communicated in a clear manner before um, we start rolling into other elements. That's great. I want to uh, throw out a couple of the uh, attendee Q&A that we've been getting here before we move on to our next page. A lot of people agreed uh, with some of what Corey was talking about. Uh, that the 10% is confusing, particularly mm -hmm. in the middle column where it's got plus 10%, and in the right-hand column it's 110% guarantee. Uh, some people didn't understand that very well. A couple of other people mentioned the idea that it also went from highest in the ad to high in there, as we talked about. Someone who uh, has definitely been on our clinics before mentioned that the button says submit. <laughs> And um, we don't have Flint today to do that the right way, but that's definitely one factor that you want to check out. There could be a much stronger call to action there. So uh, those are some of our, uh, some of our audience uh, pieces here. 
And so, Sean, if you are working on the page for that, hopefully some of those ideas will be helpful. We are going to move on now to our fifth page. This was submitted by Susan Nyack, brand manager for Silicon Labs. Uh, value proposition here is a little more detailed. Reliable, low power, high performance, space efficient digital isolators, outshine optocouplers, and competitive solutions. Um, okay. Uh, design engineers are the target audience, and I'm sure that they understand that a lot better than I do. Underperforming keywords, isolator, isolation. So uh, we're going to take a look at the ads and the page. And Susan, we're going to get some uh, Q&A from the audience in here. And then we're going to have Corey look at some of the findings from himself and our team. And let's see what our participants are coming up with here. People are allowed to say positive things as well. Well, that's true, Jack. That's, uh, that's absolutely true. Uh, positive things are certainly useful. Uh, we've probably mentioned some of those and maybe not as much as we could have. Uh, as Flint likes to say, you know, we may sound critical, but what we're really trying to do is help. So uh, we will try and put some of the uh, some of the positive spin on these here. Uh, let's see. Some of the other user, uh, or excuse me, some of the other attendee Q&A, uh, no call to action, no focus on the page. Um, isolation seems like it would draw lots of wrong traffic from Robert, maybe. Uh, I like the design and the color boxes. There's something very positive. No clear path, no benefit. Uh, keywords may be way too general. Thank you, John. That's about to add. That's pretty good. Uh, too many columns, too many columns. No picture of product. Four columns, not clear. There's actually five columns in a box. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of people here are looking uh, at this page, and, you know, while they're saying various things, the general consensus seems to be a lot of confusion, a lot of friction. And with that, I'm going to let Corey get right into some of the specifics. Uh, you guys guessed it. Our number one concern really on this page is the multiple column and just the overall layout as you come to this page. Um, to put that in a word, for me, it was quite overwhelming coming here and trying to understand uh, really the connection between the PPC ad and then this page to find that solution that I'm looking for. We got low power, high performance space, efficient digital isolators, and where to find this on this page? I have so many boxes, so many colors shouting at me. I got tons of drop downs, uh, login, all these form fields to look at, and again, more drop, out, drop downs and multiple columns. Where to really start on this page? One of the interesting comments that um, someone mentioned earlier in the clinic is looking at navigation um, and minimizing that for PPC page. I would absolutely say that that's a point here as well, right near one of our number one indicators where their navigation actually looks like a separate content box um, and really confusing the um, user with really, again, the desired action on the page. And we have, as Phil likes to call it, a lot of unsupervised thinking on here. I'm just generally just grazing through the page, seeing if I can find something that's going to fit my application. And I really have no clear direction or outstanding pieces that talk again to some of the value propositions that's talked about in the um, ad. So, for example, low power, high performance, space efficient. There's nothing on this page that really shouts that on the page. I have to, again, look through all these boxes and try to find, okay, if I want a low power one, where do I find that? And you're just 
you know, moving through the page, hoping that you can find that, and it doesn't come out in a clear and concise way. Um, also interesting to note on this page is they actually have product matrices further down the page that indicate for your application this would fit and actually do um, a semi-good job of addressing some of these questions, but they're so far down the page and how this page is designed on the forefront, this looks like almost the end of the website. So many people probably don't even make it down to these product matrices um, and actually get their answers um, answer or questions answered, I should say, um, or really get deep into the process. If the goal is to get someone on the phone um, because this is going to be a complicated sell, then they need to do a better job of offering communication as well. Um, again, this is a pretty complicated page, so if they have to keep this because of some of their web standards or things of that nature, then they need to probably get some salespeople and get people on the phone to kind of help them out because this page and the ad that they are sending traffic from do not connect at all, and I don't find in a clear way how I can solve finding these um, parts that are going to fit um, the value prop that you are communicating in the ad. That's great, Corey. I, I want to mention a couple of um, Q&A from the audience now, particularly uh, one from Dale Bertrand who says, I'm an electrical engineer and I still wouldn't want to see the block diagram. So, again, um, you know, we had that comment earlier about uh, being positive and we're not trying to slam these pages. Susan, uh, as you know, what we're trying to do here is to really help give you some ideas and some thoughts. As Corey mentioned, we understand there are a lot of constraints. And another great comment came from uh, Greg Bogdan. It seems like the tendency for many people is to try and put too much on a page, um, and we see that a lot. We see that quite a bit. Uh, it's, you know, it's something that can lead to either unsupervised thinking, a lot of the aspects that Corey's gone over here, you know, three columns, four columns, five columns, uh, a cluttered iPad, too many calls to action, just trying to do too, too much rather than making, uh, you know, a simple process that's intuitive, it, it ties right into what we're talking about with relevance uh, and, uh, you know, setting up expectations and following through. So, Susan, we're not trying to slam this page uh, as, as we aren't with some of the others, um, but there's, you know, there's a piece of information right from the target audience there that, that might be useful to you. And I wanted to actually continue on Greg's comment talking about trying to appeal to everyone. That is a very important point that we find very prevalent out there that people feel like I'm spending money on traffic, so I know that people are going to come to this page, so I'm going to give them every possible option to get into my funnel or buy products from me. And the mantra that I really, uh, I guess, live by or look at when I'm developing PPC pages is your attempt to appeal to everyone makes it very easy to alienate everyone. And offering them too many choices to where when they come to a page, it's just overwhelming. And again, they're coming from a process where competitors are offering ads just like yours in the attempt to show them they have an answer for their product. So if we don't do a good job of connecting um, and bring a clear path on to do the conversion or to complete what the user is looking for, they're going to just hit the back button and go see what other people have listed out there because really the work is done for them. They just need to find what's going to fit them, and it needs to be you. Hey, Hunter, this is, this is Jimmy. I'm going to add a little something I noticed from all these pages. Looked at. I mean, most of the ones we get submitted, even the ones that we looked at today, um, if you look at them, they're the actual regular site pages. They're actually not designed for pay-per-click. Pay -click. They're not dedicated pay-per-click pages. 
designed to get the customer to do that one specific thing that they, they didn't have. And Corey keeps pointing it out because there's that disconnect. They're using your general page for a specific pay-per-click ad, and it's not going to be sufficient to get the kind of conversions that you really are looking for. So now that, that's one of the main things that I've been seeing between the pages that we're looking at and the ads that we have. And, and like I said, it's just a regular site. Like, for example, this one is a isolator category page on the site. This was not a page designed for this ad. It really needs to be designed for these ads. So just throwing that in there. Great. Thank you, Jimmy. That's a, that's a very good way to kind of wrap this up. Uh, I just got a note from Susan in the Q&A. Thank you for the feedback. It's very useful. Uh, Susan, I got one more specifically from Dale, who's uh, the engineer. He says, when I'm looking for semiconductors, I want an obvious link to the technical specs PDF that I can download. So there's another idea that might be worth testing there, right from, you know, perhaps a target buyer. And uh, with that, I want to just try and wrap up uh, a lot of what we covered here today and, and try and make sure that we've got some very actionable takeaway items for you that you can do immediately based on what we've talked about. Uh, three ways that you can just take some of these ideas and suggestions and apply them right away. Obviously, revisit your current PPC campaigns, both the ads and the landing pages, with these five keys and the relevance issue in mind. Identify the areas that you can test that are likely to give you the biggest gains. Uh, a lot of what we talked about today are uh, visual elements, iPad, things like that. Value proposition is, of course, one of the strongest. And uh, I mentioned we have a worksheet for that. We'll send that out with the presentation and uh, an email, too. Uh, use ideas and recommendations that we've covered here today to pinpoint the areas you want to improve on your own pages. Please don't think of these as just the pages that we covered. There are a lot of pages out there that have similar issues, uh, trying to do too much, iPad, value prop. The list goes on. Look for these things in your own pages and look at them in a different way and then combine these three steps and use them to either create or enhance your own PPC testing plan. Uh, I'd personally like to hear from our audience and find out in the Q&A how many of you use a detailed PPC testing plan or more often than not, you know, you just kind of go from one test to the other. It's, it's one thing that we hear a lot about. We did a testing clinic a couple weeks ago uh, and how people have set up their strategies and their plans versus how they actually end up doing testing in real life sometimes uh, are very different. So please use the Q&A and, and let us know how you're doing with your PPC testing plan and, and certainly whether or not you found a lot of the info here today useful and some of the specifics helpful to you in developing that type of a plan. The other thing that you could do, obviously, um, You'll get the research brief uh, via email. You'll be notified when today's presentation is available online. We had additional resources in today's invite. Uh, for more on our conversion sequence, how to apply it, how to really use that to improve not just your PPC efforts, but all channels, channel mapping, things like that, uh, feel free to consider our optimization training courses and our live workshops. Uh, we take full day to work with you one-on-one -on, -one on these specific issues on your very own landing pages and the kind of gain that you see from some of our uh, research partners as well as some of our previous clinic and course attendees, this is where that happens. Um, you can also request information as you log out today via our survey for research partnerships. We are looking for new partners, and again, the research methods that we use here are the same that we use with our partners that we use to teach in our courses. So if you really want to take the initiative and get some of these greater gains, Feel free to let us know about that. When you log out today, we would really appreciate it if you could use the post-clinic survey. 
and tell us what you thought. We pay attention to all your feedback as well as the Q&A from the clinic here. And, uh, you know, it helps us make all of these clinics better. It helps us keep them free. And it helps us come to you and bring this information that you can use, hopefully, to get these same types of gains that we cover in our experiments and case studies. We will be doing our training tour in Los Angeles and San Jose the week of August 10th and 14th. So we will not be holding a free web clinic that week. We will be back on uh, late August. I believe the 26th will be our next web clinic. So in the meantime, keep an eye out for the email with this brief and presentation and fill out the post-clinic survey when you log out. Let us know how we did. Thank you to everyone who submitted their pages today, uh, all of our contestants, and, of course, a big round of applause for Corey Trent, uh, Jimmy Ellis, and our team. Thanks very much. We will see you next time.